0: Hold on. Here's Tara's daily rant.
1: And this is Greenville attorney Rob Good morning, Rob.
0: Good morning, Tara.
1: So, Alex Murdaugh took a real grilling on Friday. Uh, what do you, What do you think?
0: In like a lion, and out like a lamb. He came in very strong on direct, um, and Friday, Creighton came in and really focused in on the details of his lies and his overall honesty. And what was very telling was on the redirect, and Jim Griffin um, asked a few follow up questions, there was nothing of significance. Um, it's kind of telling when the redirect doesn't come back to well, the name. Hold
1: up. What is real quick? What is a redirect?
0: Oh, what's up? So. so Upon the first line of questioning, if I was to call a witness to the stand, that would be a direct line of questioning. Okay. And then the solicitor would ask cross-examination. After the cross-examination, I get to redirect. I get to go back on direct and ask my witness more questions to clarify or explain away some of the answers that may have been given during cross-examination. And there was a very weak redirect, I think.
1: So, you know... When when I talked to you uh, last week, this was Friday before, you know, the testimony, um, you told me that, I mean, Alec Murdoch was maybe starting to wrap some of these jurors around his finger. He's telling the very sad story of losing his wife and his son, and some of the jurors are reaching for tissues because, you know, they're choked up, um, that it seemed like Alec Murdoch was maybe wrapping these people around his finger. Do you see any demeanor changes in the jury after Friday's testimony or during Friday's testimony?
0: Um, I think Alex started during the cross-examination to give a lot of wishy-washy answers and was not very strong. And that was something that the jurors started to forget about the day before, forget about the emotional connection they had. And now here's a guy who can't even agree to such things as you were a successful lawyer, weren't you? And so I I don't know if I would agree with that. Um, he's he's trying to talk his way out of a situation by coming with whatever comes into his mind at the time, and he gives very strong answers to, no, I didn't kill my wife and child, but gives a wishy-washy answer to, no, I, I wouldn't say I was successful. I, I wouldn't say I was prominent, although his family ran the whole 14th Judicial Circuit for almost 100 years. So I think the jury's starting to see that he squirms when he's back into a corner.
1: So um, what can we, what should we be looking for today uh, in the Alec Murdoch trial?
0: Today we're going to have a couple more technical witnesses, and this is going to be the defense's battle of the bulge. It's going to be their last hurrah. The uh, Creighton did a very good job narrowing down the timeline, and... We're going to have to rely upon technical witnesses to discre- dispute that timeline to show that the cell phone data has margins of error of several minutes. So does the cell phone data margins of error of several minutes and several feet. A number of things like that. And then the state is said they're going to call a couple of rebuttal witnesses. Um, this may be cousin Eddie. It may not be. It may just be a couple of other folks to clarify that you know, under no point in time was Alex under pressure from sled i think that was if there was a mic drop moment from friday so to speak Um, waters had alex to say he didn't trust he started lying because he didn't trust Sled because of the gunshot residue because of his previous instances with sled and the pills had made him paranoid and then creighton plays the body cam from the first officer on the scene who was just a responding deputy to a 911 call, not a homicide investigator. And from that very first moment, Alex was lying.
1: Do you think the jury's buying this whole, oh, I was paranoid because I was taking, you know, pills illegally, um, so I just kind of lied about the timeline with my dead family and when I last saw them?
0: I, I don't think so, um, I don't think the jury's going to buy that because where was this paranoia when Alex was at the hospital using his badge? Where was this paranoia when he was going around with pockets full of pills? He said he always had a pocket full of pills on him. He didn't have paranoia through any of that. It only the paranoia only comes in when now he's talking to sled. Um, I just, I don't see that. Paranoia doesn't pick and choose. Paranoia is, constant and I don't see constant paranoia here
1: so tell us how this uh, how this is gonna go Um, when do you think they'll they'll wrap up and what can we expect next
0: Um, estimates are that they're going to wrap on Wednesday Um, that would be probably good that should hopefully give both the state and the defense time to put in their closing arguments before Friday and then the jury will have the weekend to let all that sink in before they go back and do deliberations um, on Monday. At least they'll have a weekend break to figure it out. I thought it was interesting that uh, Harputlian had asked if they could do a split closing, meaning that two attorneys argue the closing. Jim would argue half. Dick would argue half. And that's generally not allowed in South Carolina. To me, that spoke that I think they were going to try to filibuster the jury and talk and talk and talk until they were bored and didn't want to hear anything that came afterwards because they'll be the, the defense should be giving the first closing argument in this situation. So I think they wanted to bore the jury to a point where they couldn't listen to Creighton. <laughs> um, after they were denied the uh, opportunity to split the closing, then they want to do a two-hour limit. So I think at that point they want to they can't filibuster, they want to make sure that the state has to wrap within two hours. And I think they've got enough that they could do that.
1: So any and I don't mean to put you on the spot, Rob and and uh, Rob is, of, of course, a local Greenville attorney. Um, but if you had to guess, given that you have been through this many times, you know, waiting a, on a jury to deliberate on your client, guilty or innocent, um, what would your guess be on what the jury comes back with?
0: i'm leaning towards guilty now um i think i think alex is being as wishy-washy as he was not giving concrete answers on cross-examination is hurting him um and then at one point creighton had said um you know kind of wrapping everything up so um and, and this is the quote so mr murdoch there were Twelve-year-old, five-foot-two people that just happened to know Paul and Maggie both were going to be at Moselle on June 7th, that knew they would be at the Kennels alone on June 7th, that knew you would not be there but only between the times of 849 and 902. They show up without a weapon, assuming they're going to find weapons and ammo. They commit this crime during that short time window, and they travel the exact same route that you do around the same time to Almeida. Is that what you're telling this jury? To which Murdoch replied, you've got a lot of factors there, not all of which I agree with, but some of which I do. So there's now roughly a 13-minute window, and that it's almost too perfect. It's too perfect for it to be anything but Alex Murdoch.
1: But on the other hand, you only need one juror to say, yeah, I don't know, not beyond a reasonable doubt. And, I mean, if I was the defense today, I would absolutely hammer, look, um, there is only circumstantial evidence here. Um, and I know they're having some crime scene people, Uh, come back is that correct i I read that i assume it's correct
0: Um, i I would assume that that is correct yes Um, so to keep in mind is circumstantial evidence is as good as direct evidence and beyond a reasonable doubt doesn't mean beyond all doubt i think creighton in his opening did a very good job of saying if you're inside and you hear the wind and you see flashes of light and claps of thunder when you go outside everything is wet you can reasonably assume that it rained, although you did not directly see water falling out of the sky. So it doesn't need to be beyond all doubt. It just needs to be beyond a reasonable doubt. And that time window is small. Um, Something else that really stuck out with me is Alex remembered very keen details on how the golf cart would be parked and, you know, the way he drove down there, but he doesn't remember his last conversation with his wife and child, or at no point did he tell his surviving son that, by the way, I actually did see your mother and brother moments before they were killed. Um, That's, that's big. I don't know how you could not remember your conversation, your last conversation with your loved ones and the details of the last time you saw them, given that an hour and a half later, he discovered their bodies. Everything should have still been fresh. And some memories were very, very concrete, like what he was wearing that day. But he doesn't remember his last words with his wife and son. So I think the jury's got enough there that while there may be a doubt left, I don't know if there's any reasonable doubt left for the defense to expound upon and to argue to their advantage.
1: Amen to that, Rob and Ario. We'll see uh, how it comes out. Going to be interesting to see how long it takes the jury to decide, too, if it's quick or it goes on for a long time. Uh, Rob, thanks for joining us this morning on 106.3 WORD.
0: Terrorists want it. Hear the Terror Show weekday mornings on 106.3 WORD and the Odyssey app.